Well, you're listening to Guad.Rocks, God of the World and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, you got it, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Hey, this is Season 12, Episode 261, Title: Thank God, Thanksgiving Day 2022, Thanksgiving in Sorrow. Thanksgiving Day 2022, November 24th. With the launch of this podcast at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time on Thanksgiving Day, I understand you may not hear this podcast until a few days later. I know we all get busy. But as I sit at my computer to reflect on this special day, it's with a great mixture of emotional opposites. On the one hand, I have so many blessings from the hand of our Creator God for which I'm thankful. On the other hand, my joy in Thanksgiving is tempered by the reality that so many of our American citizens are in deep distress this year. Whenever we talk about the national holiday we call Thanksgiving, I'm also quick to point out that true Thanksgiving of any meaning is an attitude of appreciation and acknowledgement to someone, not something. Any other direction of our thanks is a meaningless exercise in narcissism. My father used to quote a poem quite often that captures the idea. He said this a lot, believe it or not. Me, I am wonderful. Me, I am great. To me, my love, I dedicate. Me, I cherish. Me, I adore. Day by day, I love me more. Friend, true thanksgiving originates from a heart and soul that understands that we deserve nothing. And every single thing we receive from the hand of God that gives us our life, our sustenance and meaning, should provoke an immense attitude of gratitude to God for His ever-loving kindness to us. I'm thankful to God that He called me out of a lost, secular family into His heavenly kingdom and family. My grandparents on my mother's side did not honor God with their lives, nor ever manifest a living relationship with Him. My grandfather told my mother he grew up in the same circle of friends with the notorious gangster Clyde Barrow. You may remember the historic criminal duo Bonnie and Clyde. That was one of my grandfather's friends, so to speak. My grandfather grew up in a broken home, which was rare back in the early 1900s. He went to live with his father in Dallas at the age of 14. He was unbridled, as he told my mother, he and his dad were batching it, meaning living the life of bachelors. He said that most of the kids he grew up with were either incarcerated or went to the electric chair. He said Clyde Barrow made all of the other criminals in the circle look tame. My grandfather was a very quiet man who turned out to care for his family and did not manifest the turmoil of his youth, yet he never lived for God. My maternal grandfather went to an early grave at the age of 59 due to arteriosclerosis. I remember looking through a few things from my mother's childhood past, which she had saved throughout the years. A few items were from an elementary Sunday school class. I found some things written to her from a woman I assumed was her Sunday school teacher. My mother said that the woman is the person who came by and picked her up for Sunday school. It was at that time I found out that my mom went to church because of her influence and not related to anything from my mom's immediate family. On my father's side, my grandfather was a teetotaling, jealous, obsessed husband. Teetotaling means he did not drink alcohol. But yet as a kid, I thought he was an alcoholic. He exhibited all the traits of a severe alcoholic. He was definitely not a believer. He was so off the rails mentally that he would get into a fight with my grandmother, take my dad, the oldest of six children, leave and be gone for days, all the while causing her great anguish and heartache, not knowing where they were. All of this done just to spite and anger my grandmother. He would stalk my grandmother at her job, hiding out, watching her, 
just sure that she was seeing another man having an affair. He was a tough old man, always carried a snub-nosed thirty-eight revolver. In his working days, he worked in the oil fields as a primer. My grandmother was a professing believer in Jesus Christ and would talk about Jesus, but she never had anything to do with the church or Christian fellowship. Others would give her an out and say the spiritual disconnect was related to my grandfather's oppressive ways. But in the end, you can't blame your spiritual apathy or lethargy on someone else. It is truly a miracle before God that he saved me out of such a damaged family. As I think about my roots, I also give thanks that God broke the generational curse of godlessness in my family and that both of my sons and their wives know Jesus and serve God with their lives and they're training their kids in the ways of the Lord. I never take these blessings for granted. I know of devoted Christian people who have children they bring up in the ways of the Lord only to reject the way of Jesus as they enter adulthood. My friend, we can teach our children about Jesus, but the stark reality is is that every human being is an individual before God. We each must come to Him on our own. We're not joined to the family of God through human relationships. We're joined to the family of God through salvation in Christ alone. I am thankful to God for His miraculous sustaining grace through multiple accidents I sustained that could have ended my life or severely debilitated me. Getting hit by a car while running, which should have resulted in death, per the paramedics who worked on me in the ambulance, telling me that most people who leave a body imprint on a car like I did usually are placed in a body bag. A fall out of a large tractor-trailer rig, the kind with a sleeper attached that was big enough to have a bed and computer desk workstation. My elementary-aged son and I were at a men's meeting at a retreat center south of Fort Worth, and while we were there, the sponsor of the meeting invited the attendees to check out the new rig the state men's organization had purchased to pull cargo trailers full of food to disaster sites. I fell backwards out of the truck trying to stop my son from falling headfirst out of the driver's door into the night. I landed on my back and hit the pavement with my head. It was a massive fall. I had a contusion on my back the size literally of a half of a pro football. The impact should have either killed me or left me severely injured. Or the time my friend ran over my foot with a counterweight end of a large forklift, thousands of pounds on my foot, pinned where I could not pull it out, but no broken bones. So on this special day of thanks, I think back to the things God has saved me from. But I know, my friend, that Thanksgiving is a lot more than that. I also think of so many things that are the blessings of God. Ongoing provisions for me and my family, even in the midst of some personally scary times. Friend, He has never failed me. For health in spite of bad choices I've made in the past regarding my food intake and physical shape, to God be the glory that He is doing a new thing in my life and blessing me through the power of His Holy Spirit to lose weight. The weight gain was provoked and supercharged by an errant doctor that prescribed some medication that just about killed me. He was giving me medicine for congestive heart failure, and I do not, I repeat, I do not have any heart issues. There's no reason for him to do what he did, but the medication rendered me incapacitated for about eight months, causing severe fluid retention, chronic severe asthma attacks, and rapid weight gain. Though the massive influx of additional weight was not my fault. By the way, I did not know all this was being done to me through the medication until I went to get a refill here in Tennessee, and the doctor asked me if I had congestive heart failure, and I was shocked to wonder why he would ask me such a thing. I had just filled out the new application to be a new patient and, of course, had nothing like that on there. 
but it was in relationship to the refill of that medication. And when he found out what was going on, he made the timeout signal and he said, sir, here's why you're so sick. You should not be on this medication. But friend, regardless of why I gained the weight, the excess weight is my responsibility to get off. And the added weight from the malpractice is still my responsibility to deal with. So excuses don't work when it comes to your health. But again, to God be the glory that he is working in me to provoke 70 pounds so far of weight loss. I have a lot more to go, but I'm thankful that it's the Holy Spirit who is doing this in me. I have a lot further to go in my journey back to a perfect body mass index, which I had at the time when I got hit by the car. But my friend, in time, I plan on doing something to encourage others in their weight loss journey. And I already have the name for the book or the podcast. I'm just not ready to approach it yet. Physical health at any level is a huge blessing for which we can all give thanks. It's good for us to stop for a few moments at this time of year to reflect and give thanks. Friend, the cure for bitterness, hatefulness, envy. And when you think about it, most of the other mental, emotional sins that we as human beings encounter or commit is to stop and count your blessings. The 1954 movie White Christmas starring Bing Crosby is one of my favorite movies of all time. In the movie, he sings the song, Count Your Blessings Instead of Sheep, written by Irving Berlin. The lyrics are catchy and profound. When I'm worried and I can't sleep, I count my blessings instead of sheep, and I fall asleep counting my blessings. When my bankroll is getting small, and I think of when I had none at all, and I fall asleep counting my blessings. I think about a nursery, and I picture curly heads, and one by one I count them as they slumber in their beds. If you're worried and you can't sleep, just count your blessings instead of sheep, and you'll fall asleep counting your blessings. My friend, the song summarizes Thanksgiving in a nutshell. Counting our blessings reduces anxiety and financial worries and focuses our attention on what matters most in this life, family, and people. As we close out this podcast episode, I invite you to join with me in prayer as I pray specifically for the people in our nation who have received or will receive layoff notices at this time, a time that should be filled with joy, but because of the great economic fall that is occurring here as I speak, these people are in even greater distress. In the tech industry alone, there have been 137,492 layoffs in 2022. I have a link in the show notes that you need to check out and use it as a tool to pray for the people in these industries, in the tech industry. It's just one example of what's happening in our nation. San Francisco has been hit exceptionally hard. It's a high-tech area. I encourage you, friend, use the link in the show notes as a tool to a prayer guide to pray for the people who have lost their jobs. You may be surprised to find companies you do business with who are laying people off and you don't even know it. I found out that the company that distributes my podcast, Acast, has had a layoff. I did not know this. Let's pray. My friend, even though this is a recorded prayer, you can join with me and let's make this the prayer of our hearts as we cry out to God during this stressful time. Our Father, we take just a moment to give you all praise and glory for your heavenly provisions and blessings that come into our lives. We know that even in the midst of the hardest times in our lives, you have promised us you will never leave us or forsake us, and that you will supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Our Father, there are millions upon millions of people in our nation who are unemployed and seeking work, 
And if things don't change, the number is escalating quickly. Father, we ask you for a reprieve from this cultural calamity that has overwhelmed us. And we ask for you to heal our country and give us your blessing on a national scale like never before. May those who are experiencing great financial loss and heartache hear you call their name. And may they turn to you for help and strength in these hard times. God, please give us a revival in the church in America, the church that is absent at the cultural table. The church spends millions upon millions on itself, even in these great days of distress, while literally their neighbors next door go through the floor financially, losing jobs, bank accounts, homes, cars, and their dignity. Heavenly Father, bring the church to repentance so that it may be the solution in the sadness and the extension of your good news of eternal life to a lost and dying world. Heavenly Father, please hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.